Hello, my name is Lanny Lancaster, and I'm the senior pastor here at Central United Methodist Church. We share the sermon with you to help you connect with God and with others. We also want to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 845 for our contemporary service with live praise band and 11 for our traditional service with choir. Thanks, and may the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come change our hearts and change the atmosphere. We long for you, Lord, in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, change our hearts. In the name of Christ, we pray, and let all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Love is how we live life together. In fact, everything that we've studied in this sermon series really leads to this, love, love, love. So let's hear this full scripture uh, from 1 Corinthians 13. As Paul instructs the church at Corinth, really what it comes down to. This is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then 
we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. The Word of God for the people of God. Love is how we live life together. Bob was a little, humble, retired man who lived in a humble little apartment off Interstate 85 in South Greensboro. There was nothing fancy about him. Well, maybe except his carbonator. When my parents' Sunday school class would gather on Wednesday nights at Bob's house for prayer meeting, he'd take us into the kitchen and show us his little carbonator. It was a, a little thing that injected carbon into water and made it carbonated, and he, and he had all these flavors, cherry, orange, even root beer, my favorite. So I guess that was fancy, but that was about the only fancy thing about Bob. He was a very humble man. A very loving man. He was known around our home church for his love. Bob had a dear wife who had died many years before I got to know him. But Bob decided that he wouldn't just grieve the rest of his life. I'm sure he grieved in his private moments at home. But Bob decided that he still had a purpose in life. And so, though Bob was a humble little man, he was a giant in love. You see, as much as he was known around our church for his loving, compassionate, warm ways, Bob was known even more in the rest of the community for his bananas. Yes, I said his bananas. You see, Bob had a ministry that he created on his own. He would take bananas around to the nursing homes around his area where he lived. Somewhere along the line, Bob had learned that a lot of older people are, are deficient in potassium. And so he would take bananas to the nursing homes as a simple yet profound way of living out love in the flesh. Bob the Banana Man. Love is how we live life together. Jean was another humble servant of love. She dressed very plainly, had simple hobbies like reading and crocheting and doing crossword puzzles. There was nothing flamboyant about her. But Jean was also a giant in love. You see, Jean volunteered at Lutheran Family Services in Greensboro. This was a, a ministry that helped refugees relocate to the United States. And she served there very faithfully for many years. And I know this personally because one Sunday morning, this was before I became a pastor, I was teaching the young adult Sunday school class. 
And there was a knock at our door just after we had started. The door opened, and there was Gene with 15 Montagnards. Now, if you don't know Montagnards, they're the, the ethnic group around Vietnam that helped the U.S. during the Vietnam War. And so because they did that, they were in danger after that, real danger. And so they were granted refugee status in the U.S., and, and Gene helped relocate 15 Montagnards to our area. And there they were, and they came in, and they didn't speak a lick of English. But they wanted to be there with us. And so they filled up our Sunday school class, and for years to come, they sat with us, they fellowshiped with us. We even played adult league soccer together. And our church helped them learn the language, get jobs, get apartments, and they became quite a blessing to our church and our community, all because Gene reached out in love. Love is how we live life together. In the life of my home church that we live together, I could tell you countless other stories of saints that showed great love as I was raised in the faith. And I rejoice that here at Central, I see the very same thing. So many saints that live out the ministry of love in real and tangible ways in our community of faith. I want to invite you to think for just a moment, maybe even to let your eyes gently close for just a moment, just a moment. And I want you to think about who can you name that modeled Christian love in your life? And I want you to say with me, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because love is never abstract, right? Love is not just a theory. It's not just a doctrine. It's always enfleshed. It's always real, if it's love at all. I didn't realize it when I was growing up, but these models, these saints that model love for me in my church were so powerful because they were different than the world. All right? The world says love is for the weak. The world says you have to be the biggest, most arrogant, loudmouth braggart to be heard. And yet, little gentle Bob's love spoke very loudly to my heart, even though he did it in gentle ways. Did Jesus say, they will know you are Christians by the way you prove you are right and everyone else is wrong? Did he? Did Jesus say, they will know you are Christians by your rules? No. Did Jesus say, they will know you are Christians by your bragging? No. Did Jesus say, they will know you are Christians by your 653 doctrines? No. Did Jesus say, they will know you are Christians by your power? Did Jesus say, a new command I give to you that you win at all costs? Did Paul say, and now these three abide, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is telling everybody on Facebook off. 
Did he? Jesus said they will know you are Christians by your by your love. That is the mark of followers of Christ. I'm so thankful for the love we see and experience here at Central every week. This is what life together boils down to. Centers around. It dwells in. It lives, moves, and has its being in love. Love is how we live life together. Now, I couldn't do a sermon on love without taking the time to distinguish what love really is. Because that, that word floats around in our culture, doesn't it? There's all kinds of crazy definitions of love in our culture. So Paul, it must have been like this in the ancient world too, because Paul took the time to define, to paint a picture, to cut out a sculpture of what love looks like. And this is what he says, remember? Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I am very humbled. And I realize how far short I fall of that ideal of love. But you know what? Christ said, follow me. Follow me deeper and deeper into that love. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter of how far short you are of that. Jesus says, just come a little deeper with me. And a little deeper. And indeed, that is how we grow in love. We can't manufacture patience and kindness and things like that of our own. It's Christ in us that makes that happen. So the first step to growing in love is to remember how deeply we are loved by Christ. And it's right here on this altar, isn't it? The cross. The cross. This is the link of the love God has for us. We are loved. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you are loved. In this 40-day journey we call Lent, moving towards the celebration, the wonder, the mystery of Easter, it's really a spiritual season in which we go deeper into God's love for us. And as we are loved by Christ, as we just, just soak in that love, let it seep into every cell in our body, as we dwell in that love, we become love for others. Isn't that beautiful? And we need to know this love is not some wimpy, mushy feeling either. As we draw near the cross in these 40 days, we remember that God's love is strong. A love that is strong enough to conquer sin and death. No, there's nothing wimpy about this love. It shows us the voracious courage of God's own heart. The greatest of these is love.
Love is how we live life together. So how are you being called to show love in this season? Mother Teresa was an incredible saint who served for many years in the poorest, the poorest streets of Calcutta, India, ministering to the, the lowest in that society, in a society where there were strict, rigid separation in different levels of people. And Mother Teresa came with the love of Christ and she reached out. Well, once someone came from the U.S. and they, they went to serve with Mother Teresa for two weeks in her ministry there and they were just overwhelmed with the work they did. And so when they were getting ready to come back to the States, they said to Mother Teresa, said, Mother, this work that we've done here is so incredible and I know you'll, you'll go on and do it. The needs are so great. What can I do in my middle class life back in the U.S. And without hesitation, Mother said, smile on the ones you live with. Smile on the ones you live with. In other words, show love to your family, to your community, to your church. Show love. Because you know what, sisters and brothers? We could have the most advanced degree in theology from Oxford University. We could memorize every verse in the Bible. We could be an expert in all the doctrines and history of the church. We could go on the most popular Christian retreats and mission trips in the world. We could hold every office in the church. But without love, it's nothing. John Wesley did all of that. And he was miserable. Because he was trying to, to achieve some level of perfection. And he found that without love it meant nothing. And so one night he very reluctantly went to church. You ever done that? Like you got a meeting at church. And you're like, I don't want to go, but I'm going to go. Uh, anyway, John Wesley felt like that one night. But he, he, he knew it was the Holy Spirit stirring in him. He had to go to this prayer meeting on Aldersgate Street. And so he dragged himself to this prayer meeting and sat in the very back. You know, I can almost see him pictured there with his arms crossed. And it just so happened that they were studying the book of Romans. And that night, when they were talking about the book of Romans, this book that says, nothing can separate us. From the love of God. Not angels, not rulers, not death, not life, not anything present or anything to come, no power, height, no depth, nothing in all creation. Nothing, not one thing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And when that reality hit him, he said his heart strangely warmed. And no, he didn't eat pizza before he went to that meeting. His heart was strangely warm. And his life was changed. How do we know that? Because we people called Methodists wouldn't be sitting here today if John Wesley's heart had not been strangely warmed by the love of God in Christ Jesus. 
We could have the most advanced degree in theology from Oxford University. We could memorize every verse in the Bible. We could be an expert in the doctrines and history of the church, go on the most popular Christian retreats and mission trips in the world. We could see Lauren Daigle in concert 58 times. But without love, without love, we're kind of like, well, we're kind of like, Let us pray. God, as the clashing of that symbol fades in our ears or rings in our ears, we confess to you that sometimes we've been noisy because we've been caught up in a noisy world. Lord, help us to hear the whispering of your love in our ears, in our hearts, in our lives. God, thank you for the saints that have modeled love to us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the love you showed us on the cross. Oh Lord, it's so big, it's so deep, it's so wide, it's so long. It's amazing. And just so we don't forget, you told us to come to your table. You gather us. You remind us that this table is big enough for all people. That all are welcome. And just as you gathered your disciples, blessed the bread, broke it, and shared it with them there, you do that for us today. And you say, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just as you bless the cup, shared it with all your disciples, you share it with us today. Saying, drink from this all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so today, Lord, we gather at this, your table. We come together as the children of God, the body of Christ. We take these simple elements of bread and juice. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would be pouring out upon them, Lord. Lord, we don't know how this happens, but we know that you have made us physical and spiritual beings, and so you gave us this physical reminder of your great love in Christ. So pour out your Holy Spirit on these elements. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us here that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, by your Spirit, Make us one with Christ, 
one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, embodying your love to each other and to the world. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray together. And let all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.